What's up, everybody? You're on the Bulletproof Mafia, and I'm Michael Munsterman. Today's episode, Operate in Power. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. From the top to the bottom, I was raised to be solid. Really, at every angle, I ain't worried about the oddity. Never see the hate, tunnel vision on the profit. Boss moves if I want it, best believe I cops it. Team so tough, moving silence like the mafia. Trying to get the form whip, probably name it. So, in some previous episodes, I've talked to you about uh, a couple different things. And I, I want to go over those with you real quick, just kind of as a refresher to kind of bring you back to it, right? Um, and it's, it's uh, what I call the seven Fs. And I break them up into three groups. The first three, the first three segments inside of group one are facts, fiction, and feelings. And then the second group is fuel, fatigue, and faction. And then the final one is faith. So those are the three groups. And, and yeah, the last group is just one and it is just faith. And it, that's not really relevant to uh, the meat of this podcast. But I do want to give you just like a, a real quick run through. So if this is the first time you've ever listened to the show, uh, you'll, you'll get a feeling of what it is I'm talking about. And, and then it'll make a lot more sense whenever I talk about fuel, whenever I talk about fatigue, when I talk about faction, as it pertains to operating in power. So just this, these, these F's that I've accumulated through all of the coaching that I've been through and the coaching that I've done and, and, and the reading and, and just wanting to understand, you know, early, early in my life, there was a, a ton of tragedy, like big tragedy. I lost my father in a tragic accident. My mother died when I was very young, like lots of, um, situations in, in my home life as a child, like not getting into all that, but right. Like there was just this heaviness for such a little kid. And so as I grew out of that, I, I wanted to explore and understand the mind, the heart, emotion, uh, naturally I gravitated towards selling. And so then it became a pursuit of, I want to understand the person sitting across from me. I want to understand how to better serve them. I want to understand, you know, at first it was a little bit of just to be very frank, I wanted to learn how to manipulate them. And, and then later it, that thought became more wholesome of weight. I recognized that what I was doing was skewed and, and I needed to find this place where I could deliver value to people. And so it really caused me to alter the way that I thought about all of it. And it made me want to go deep. I really wanted to go deep on understanding how people work. And so I've had a lot of different experiences and a lot of different studies and a lot of different, like I, I, I've become kind of a, uh, a student of the mind and, and how we work and how we operate and this thing called entrepreneurship and business. And, and that evolution for me has led me to these F's. And, and so I'm going to go over these just real quick and then I'll, I'll get into the podcast, but I just want to make sure that we're kind of on the same headspace, right? So the first three facts, fictions, and feelings. So I'm going to break that down backwards. The last one's feelings. The feelings that you feel are because of the stories that you're running in your head. Now, some of these stories are factual and some of these stories are fiction. And where people really mess up is they take the stories of yesterday that were fact and make it a fictional story for today. You see, from the time you were born, your brain went into a record where your brain started to record everything that happened to you. If I touch that, I get burnt. If I touch that, I get screamed at. If I touch that, I get punched in the face. <laughs> Whatever the case is, right? If I say that, I might get smacked. If I do that, I might go to jail. And, and you start to file all of these experiences in certain parts of, of your brain. 
some of these filings happen at night while you're asleep and it's your body's like protective system, right? Like your, your body has a defense mechanism and the experiences of your day get filed into places um, based off of your perception of those events. Now, for some people, uh, they live in a delirious place where their perception is just very, very, very fucked up. And when they're, when they're experiencing things, they don't know how to file them. They haven't had good coaches, mentors, less like people haven't taught them how to handle conflict. They, like, and so their, their brains file things very erratically. And then they operate based off of those false filings. Right? Like there's a part of our brain that says, hey, don't do this because this could hurt you. And some people file things that absolutely could not hurt them inside of the it could hurt them space. But all of that, and, and I'll stop there, both positive and negative facts and fictional stories get filed every night when you go to sleep and you carry that into your next day. And so what happens is some people begin to live very instinctually, almost like it's almost like your mind's trying to take you to a place of autopilot. What, what, what you do, and a lot of you do this, you get up and exist through your day. And that pisses, some of you guys are like, screw off, Munster, and you don't know what you're talking about, but really think about it. Like, nobody's here judging you. I'm not pointing a finger at you specifically, but ask yourself, am I on autopilot? Am I really thinking through the reality of my story? You know, I'm struggling to pay my bills. I'm struggling to do this. This isn't coming together the way that I wanted to. I really thought I'd be here by now. By this age, I felt like I would have this much money in the bank. I thought my, I, I thought I'd be married by now. I thought I'd have a couple kids by now. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought. But all of these are fictional stories you're running in your head. Like the reality is you do or don't have enough money to pay your bills. You do or don't have the capacity to pay your bills, to earn money, to scale, to grow. You're in a serious relationship. Are you not married because you haven't asked the question or have you possibly built walls that makes that other person intimidated to ask you the question? Like, so like, I'm not, I'm not going to keep running through the list, but you get what I'm saying. And so every single day, every single situation, every single circumstance builds around those three pillars. There are factual stories running in your head. There are feelings that are running in your head. There are, excuse me, there are fictional stories running in your head. And then there are the feelings that are generated from the stories. And this feeds into what I'm talking about when I'm talking about operating in power. Because when we move to the next section, the next section is fuel, fatigue, and faction. Now, just very, very frankly, fuel is what you feed yourself or what you feed an area of your life. With Literally, with the exception of money, absolutely anything that you focus on expands in your world. This is fuel. If, if you focus on, if you're reading business books, if you're reading financial, like if you're reading stock market books, if you're reading Forex books, if you're listening to podcasts, if you're hiring mentors in a certain field, if, if, you're, if you're focused on your faith and you're reading your Bible every day or you're listening to um, sermons on your way to and from work, if, if that is a forefront thought and a focus in your life, that area of your life will expand. If money is the focus of your, if, if cash is the focus like that doesn't work. It's the only thing that does it. But if your focus is on your career, if your focus is on your grind, if your focus is on your hustle, if your focus is on adding value to the marketplace, then your money will grow. It'll measure the value that you put in the marketplace, okay? But but let's look at our physicality, right? If we fuel our body, of a, a fit, and your body is a perfect example when we're talking about fuel. If you fuel your body appropriately, it grows. If you're, if you're fueling it to lose weight, it shrinks. It shows you like this, 
very molecular. This It's the absolute perfect way to show you how the, it's the perfect illustration to show you the rest of your world. But people don't take it literal enough. In fact, you get all up in your head about a bunch of bullshit that's not necessary because at the end of the day, it just boils down to how you fuel and how you operate inside of your fuel, like inside of whatever area of your life you're focused on and how you feed those stories to your head and then what emotions you let arise, right? Now, all of this is a constant run in our lives. And sometimes you just get tired, which brings us to the next one, which is fatigue. You see inside of fatigue, this is something that's very, very real. And you, you cannot sprint through your life. It's an impossibility. You can't multitask. You can only do one thing at a time. I don't care. Like we can have this debate face to face. You literally can only do one thing. Your life is an accumulation of minutes. And those minutes have individualized focuses. And so if you try to sprint at anything for too long without purpose, you will get fatigued. And so the fuel and the fatigue, obviously, it's just like a gas tank, right? Um, you fill it up and then you run. And that and your fuel like deplenishes. And so finally, faction. Now, I'm a, I say finally faction because this is the last one I'm going to talk about today. Faith is faith. And, and that's a whole nother podcast that you can go back and listen to. But, but faction is who do you surround yourself with inside of a conversation? And so this is something that I don't always do, but it's definitely a rules that I understand. I, I understand facts and I understand feelings and I understand fiction. I understand the correlation between the three of those things. And I understand fuel and fatigue and, and faction. Now, in, inside of faction, faction is who are your homies? Like, who do you surround yourself with? What's your life about? Like, all of that I, I get, right? But when I'm talking about operating in power, this, this also boils down to those minutes, those minute decisions. It boils down to those decisions inside of an hour that equal a day, that equal a week, and then it spills into a month. And then a month after month after month becomes a year before we know it, right? And then pretty soon you're looking three or four or five years back, and you're thinking, shit, like I'm not where I wanted to be. I didn't have goals. I just kind of thought I, I would be there, but whatever. Or you begin the process of molding your mind to think about how can I operate in power? And I, and I hadn't really communicated this message in, in a very specific way until just very recently. A buddy of mine said this to me and I thought, holy shit, like this is something that I want to share with everybody because it's, it's so relevant. And so I'll tell you a quick story. We sold a car at the dealership to a customer that had very, very bad credit. And that customer had bad credit because they, they weren't current on all of their bills. And so we sent them to one of our shark lenders and that lender has a rule that if, if, if in the first 30 days there's any nonsense between the customer and the lender, the lender can make the dealer buy the loan back. Now, it rarely happens because there, to my knowledge, there was only one, at that time, I, I wasn't informed enough, but I thought that there was only one way that they would have to buy it back. And that's if the customer didn't make their first payment. But somewhere far, far, far down in, in the fine print, I, uh, I found a new, a new rule that they had had in there. And so we sold this customer a car. It was a $15,000 uh, Ford Explorer. And the customer left out of the dealership. And within two or three weeks of buying the car, before they made the first payment, they filed bankruptcy. And they filed bankruptcy on the car against that bank. 
and some other debts that that customer had. And so uh, the bank called us and said, hey, um, there's a, a payment default. You have to buy this loan back. So we bought, we bought it back. And long story short, this customer, we had promised them in, in writing in the deal that we would give them some body work on this car at our cost. But we never intended, and, and if you're not familiar with bankruptcy, if you file bankruptcy on, on a vehicle, you get to keep the car. It's, you get protection from the government against the creditor. And the government says, we will tell you how you're going to be paid back. We will tell you the interest rate. We'll tell you the term. And we'll tell you how much money we're going to give you. It's, it's, it's such a shit system, especially if you're the guy who uh, has the rights taken away from them. Like I literally had a $10,000 vehicle stole, you know, cost to me 15000 with all of the bank fees and all the other stuff added in warranties and, and whatever. But, but this, this vehicle was, this money was just taken from me in the form of vehicle. And the day we sold it to him, we said, Hey, look, there, there is somebody where somebody damaged, but here's what we'll do. And, and this is common practice in our world. It, it is, um, we have a vendor who paints and he fixes panels and it's two to $500 a panel. We'll give you our cost. We won't mark it up. We'll put you in direct connection with the vendor. And so on, on this WIO, this is where we make promises. We put, we put this little uh, blurb in there that says, um, fix, fix body damage at our cost. Now we're saying at our cost, not at our expense. And so that's, that's exactly what we did. We wrote that in there and we sent the customer down the way. Then he files bankruptcy. Then I can't repo the car because he's protected by bankruptcy. And, uh, we actually didn't know that he, he had filed bankruptcy. So we repoed the car, but then found out and had to give him the car back, had to give the guy the car back. So we give the guy the car back and, and then he, a little while later, we get a letter from his attorney and his attorney says, Hey, uh, we want to know when your client's going to do the body work that they promised to pay for on my client's car. He sent that to my attorney, actually emailed me. And then I forwarded it to my attorney and <laughs> I told my attorney, well, that guy can kiss my ass and sue me. I don't give a shit, whatever. And my attorney's like, how much money are we talking about? And I'm like, it's like five, 600 bucks. It's not a lot of money. It's a little bit of body work, um, but it's just the principle of it. He stole my car and that's not the promise that was made. I didn't promise to pay for the repair. And the guy's like, well, we, you know, um, that's really ambiguous. And we think you did that on purpose. And so, yeah, if, uh, if, if you don't do what you said you were going to do in this, then we are going to, then we are going to, um, sue you. And so I go to one of my homies, I go to my faction, right? I go to my group of guys that I trust that are in business and that do this. And I'm like, this mother, like, I'm just going nuts. I'm, I'm pissed off. I'm angry. I'm like, first, this guy steals my car. Now I'm, I'm expected to give him money for the body work. It's bullshit. And he, he knew, he knew what we agreed to, because this, again, this is common practice. This is something we do often because I can't, I can't open-ended say, you know, if we promised a certain amount that we would spend, we would write that amount in and that amount wasn't written in. And so there is no write-in of the amount on, on this document because we, we never intended to come out of pocket with it. So we wouldn't structure a deal and structure Like if, if we figure, okay, look, we're going to, when it's all said, no, we're going to make $1,200 on this car deal. I wouldn't leave an open-ended, oh yeah. And then we'll pay for this and that and this and that. It just doesn't make sense. But that's what this guy wants me to do. He now wants an open ticket for me to spend my profit from that. What would have been my profit if he hadn't, you know, if we hadn't went through this bankruptcy nonsense, he wants, he wants that spent on top of stealing my car. 
And I say stealing because he knew when he was sitting there signing paper, you don't just two weeks later, oh, now I'm going to file bankruptcy. Like you're planning this. And so his plan was to get an extra vehicle and then file bankruptcy and just make all of that as part of a payment. And so I'm fired up and I'm, I'm cussing, I'm pissed off. I'm screaming into, into this, into Voxer to these guys. And, and a buddy of mine gets on there. He's like, Michael, look, here's what I would suggest. Now I'm going to make all this make sense. Why is he, why are you telling me this story? And why do I give a shit about this story? He says, if suing, if going to court and fighting and winning that five to $700, like if that puts you in power, then do it. But if it's going to rob you of power and focus, don't do it. Do whatever gives you the most power. And when he said that about three dozen different lessons that I understand from the way that just the human operates, right? Started to pour into my head. First of all, we as human beings only have so much bandwidth. We only have so much focus. It's an impossibility to multitask. So every minute counts towards an hour and every hour towards a day and every day towards a week and every week towards a month and every month towards a year. And where do I want to be? And what am I doing? Why am I focused on this little amount of money? How much energy am I going to spend? And where would that positively Where can I take that exact same amount of energy and push it towards value to other new potential customers and make way more than I'm going to lose even if I wrote him a $1,000 check or a $2,000 check? And in that one one statement, it's haunted me the last, I don't know, seven or 10 days and I've just reeled it over and over and over and I've I've been auditing everything. Is this giving me power? Is that giving me power? Does this give me power? Does that give me power? Is this conversation giving me power? Is it draining me? Is it fueling me or is it fatiguing me? Everything is either a deposit or a withdrawal and I'm auditing everything. I only have so much human bandwidth. I only have so much that I can do in the course of a day. I'm limited to the 86,400 seconds in a day. What am I doing with those seconds? And is it, is it depositing or is it withdrawing? Is it fuel or is it fatigue? And I thought, man, you know, one of the things that really gives me the most power, my podcast, knowing that there are people out there who are listening to this, who can benefit from these lessons, even if it's just an, like an unbiased voice speaking some wisdom at you. And for some of you, this isn't the wisdom you need to hear and you can reject it. And that's cool. I'm not mad about it. But for somebody who hears this, they need it. You're operating in a place where you're being taken advantage of, where you're being used, where you're being abused, where everyone in your life is like they're withdrawing, they're fatiguing you. And you've been running on empty for so freaking long that you needed to hear somebody say, get off your ass and do what puts you in power. And this is for you. This is for that. This is for the person who needs that. This is season three, episode one. And it all builds on top of this. You have to look at everything you're doing and ask yourself, am I operating in power? Now, some of you guys won't like this. For some of you, if you go home at night, and you sit on the couch next to your spouse and you veg out, watch TV and drink, that puts you in power. But for some of you, 
if you go home and sit on your couch and you veg out and drink and watch TV, you're robbing yourself of power. Not everybody's journey is the same. But this is where we have to get really, really fucking specific when we ask ourselves, is this true? Like for some of you, your spouse wants to just have some time to sit next to you because you're both crazy busy, you've got kids, you've got stuff happening, and just that that hour or, or 90 minutes of sitting next to each other and chatting and watching a little mindless TV is exactly what you need to operate at the highest amount of power. But for some of you, you're watching TV, vegging out solo. Your spouse hates to watch TV. They're sitting next to you only because they, they know how much you like it. They're sitting or they're not sitting next to you. They're in the other part of the house doing something entirely different and you're not operating inside of power. You're depleting. Like you're fatiguing yourself because you're fatiguing them. Going to the gym for some people puts them in power and for some people it doesn't. Not everybody's built the same way. Now, I personally believe that when you weaponize your body, you weaponize everything else in your life. Weaponize meaning like you put yourself in the best possible physical condition that you can. I think that makes so many areas of your life so much better. So for me, like what gives me power? It gives me power to, to work out every morning, whether it's a hike with my wife with a 30 pound weighted vest, whether it's, you know, CrossFit wad, whether it's a Peloton, whether it's, you know, lifting weights, just throwing shit around, like whatever. This morning for me, it was a kettlebell workout that gives me power. But for some people, it, it's better for them if they do it at night and getting up early in the morning robs them of family time. My, both of my kids are, are grown. So like, that's not something that I deal with. My youngest is 20. She's, you know, she works, she works till late. Um, she gets home late, uh, and, and then sleeps in some mornings, not always. I mean, she comes sprinting up, grabs a bagel and out the door she goes, but, but I'm not robbing her of time being in the gym. I'm not robbing my company because I'm doing that before I go in for my day. And when I show up, I'm, I'm sharper. I'm better for it. But this is, this is the, this is the scale. The scale is, does it give me power? Does this fuel my life or does it fatigue it? And whenever I speak that, I have to, I owe it to myself to ask this question. Is that true? Is that a fact? Or is it a bullshit fictional story that I'm telling myself to serve me? And I'm allowing that fictional story to drive false feelings. And I'm operating in a way that's deplenishing me of my power. Even though I don't want to admit it. And if you don't have a group of people who are really tight with you, somebody who you can go to and say, hey, I've been thinking about this. What do you think? You spell it out for them as factually as you possibly can. And you say, look, you're in my faction. I need your advice. I don't want to be a product and let them speak some wise counsel into your life. But before you go too far, like just very actionably, you have to ask yourself the very basic question. Is this what gives me the most power? 